Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, April 20th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. A medical cannabis bill is headed to the House floor with high stakes for the proposal that will head to the governor's desk if approved. Mask requirements for the Charleston Airport and public transit have been lifted after an appeals court overturned a mask mandate due to expire in early May. Climate change risks are now factors in major real estate investment in Charleston and other areas affected by rising seawater. Another piece of funding was approved for the Ashley River Bridge, and there are new ways for you to get involved with helping push for other new bridges for cyclists and pedestrians. Those stories and more, starting now. It is 420, so here's one for all who celebrate. The State House of Representatives will likely consider a bill as soon as today to establish a medical cannabis law here in South Carolina. A conservative proposal to establish the first serious medical use of cannabis or marijuana in South Carolina has been knocking around the state house for about 10 years. But this year, a Republican proposal has already passed the state Senate and with the approval of a house would go to the governor's desk. Um, I had to appear to the podcast Bourbon in the Back Room with former state senators Vincent Shaheen and Joel Laurie for the background on this uh, from their newest episode. Uh, Links to it in the show notes. Uh, Here's the quick rundown. So the bill has passed the Senate and the Speaker of the House, a Republican, assigned the bill to the only democratically controlled committee for initial consideration in the House Representatives. So again, signs point to this thing having a real shot of passing here. According to Shaheen and Lurie, uh, the measure will come to the floor with a slew of amendments to try to slow things down. This is a common tactic um, where where those guys served in the state Senate, uh, where debate can drag on for days sometimes. But this is the House, not the Senate, and there is no filibuster in the state House. Uh, The amendments could slow things down for sure, but ultimately the House leaders will have the ability to clear the way for this proposal if they want to. And Governor Henry McMaster, who once opposed this type of legislation, has softened on it in the past couple years. Uh, It should also be noted that his Democratic opponents running against him for governor in November have also spoken out in favor of loosening marijuana laws. Debate over this law is talked about like uh, an earth-shattering development in Colombia. But 37 other states and the District of Columbia allow medical marijuana. Most have more generous regulations than what's proposed in South Carolina. So... It sure seems like the pieces are in place for this to pass here in South Carolina this year. Charleston International Airport lifted its mask mandate Tuesday morning after a federal appeals court judge reversed a Biden administrative CDC requirement that was set to run until early May. The opinion that overturned the ban by a 35-year-old federal judge appointed by Donald Trump in 2020 has gotten criticism for improper illegal interpretation of the issues around the case. After the TSA said it would not enforce the mandate, Charleston International lifted the rule for the airport in North Charleston, but said to check with airlines for specific rules. But a lot of carriers have also lifted their requirements. In addition to affecting airlines, uh, public transit agencies, including Charleston's own, have also lifted their mask requirements for passengers. Masks will continue to be made available for CARTA passengers, CARTA says, but won't be required. Ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft have also lifted their mask requirements. Experts say that masks work best when everyone's wearing them. But there's evidence also, the New York Times writes, that masks can protect wearers from COVID-19 even if others around them are not wearing masks. 
and specifically in planes, a mask can lower your risk of infection by about 54%, according to the Times, if you're sitting near someone with COVID-19. Side note, did y'all know you can now use an app to pay for Carter rides? So instead of paying with exact change or buying a flimsy pass, you can use the Token Transit app. Uh, to buy passes and scan your phone each time you board the bus. That's not to be confused with the transit, the regular transit app, which is a pretty uh, cool app to use to track um, in real time where buses are. The token transit app, the one you use to pay with, uh, accepts Apple Pay and is pretty easy to set up. I just did it yesterday when I was researching this. Links to all that in the show notes at nowcharleston.com. The impact of climate change is figuring into risk calculations for major real estate investors. And the way a New York Times story from yesterday uh, describes it, Charleston is the poster child for that change. Some background here. The past 10 years or so has brought about a serious rethink among some institutional investors, um, something that's been pretty popular with some niche investors for a long time, about considering the risks to investments posed by modern-day environmental, social, and governance standards. Um, the shorthand for this is sometimes ESG, for environmental, social, and governance, governance um, or you'll also see it described as SRI, socially responsible investing. Um, some people will probably correct me that they're not the same thing, but they are similar and it's all kind of part of the same debate in the investment community. But the short of it is, these are non-financial factors that could impact an investment. Some ESG strategies are short-term, favoring investments that take steps to eliminate negative environmental impacts today or prioritizing diversity or good labor practices. Of course, the motivation could be out of personal responsibility, or just simply because over time, ignoring these issues can pose a real risk to an investment. If you take the latter approach, considering climate change impacts might sound like it would only impact long-term investments, like real estate can be sometimes. But living in Charleston, we know that climate impacts are here today. Now, even investors are catching up to that reality. That said, avoiding risks opposed by climate change doesn't necessarily mean not investing money in Charleston real estate. And it almost never means building in a way to eliminate environmental impacts altogether. It's all just about avoiding risk to investments and their future values in the real estate market. Industry experts describe this as mitigation of an investment, which is a little ironic and confusing in this context because it's also the term mitigation used in development and regulation to describe offsetting environmental impacts. Not the same thing in this context, though. Interestingly, the story actually uses West Edge um, over there on Lockwood, Uh, as an example of a project that compensated for its investment risks by raising its developed buildings over a flood-prone property where the remnants of Gadsden Creek still rise and fall with the tide. The other side of it is, though, that even as developers have so far mitigated their own risks by building up, they've also been in a years-long fight with community groups over how those plans could affect nearby residents. And those discussions remain ongoing. So to recap... The fact that climate risks are now part of institutional real estate investing is an interesting development and could have long-term impacts in cities like Charleston that are still seeing growth and still seeing investment and still seeing new buildings go up all over town. All right, one last real quick story for you here. An additional $14 million has been devoted to the Ashley River Bike and Pedestrian Bridge that would connect downtown and West Ashley over the Ashley River. We really can't avoid the impact of water around here, can we? The additional money from the Regional Transportation Planning Commission, called CHATS, uh, 
puts the project just $1 million short of its $42.1 million goal. Cost overruns threaten to trim the size and style of the bridge, but city planners and regional planners, along with SCDOT, according to Charleston Moves, dug up the money to make up the difference. The Ashley River Bridge would connect further networks, too, uh, by connecting to the West Ashley Greenway and Bikeway, but other projects are also in the works. The Northbridge project in the works is planned to build a new pedestrian walkway across the Ashley River between West Ashley and North Charleston. Uh, that's Cosgrove Avenue. And advocates are also pushing for safer access between James Island and West Ashley over the Wapu Cut Drawbridge. That's that tall one on Folly Road. Uh, if you want to get involved in these efforts, uh, two events are coming up next month. Charleston Moves is hosting a solidarity ride of silence across the North Bridge on May 15th, starting at Frothy Beard Brewing Company. And Charleston Moves is also hosting a ride from Taco Boy downtown across the Ashley River Bridge and the Wapu Cut Bridge on May 18th. Links to both of those are in the show notes at nowcharleston.com. That's all I've got for you today. If you've got feedback for the show, leave me a message, 843-474-1319, or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that's also a big help. And as always, like I said, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks a lot for listening. I will be back on Friday with the next Now Charleston.